0: Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. This podcast, hosted by Kate Agnew and Marie Ferguson, will empower you to realize your professional dreams by giving you access to our global community of dietitians. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we'll educate you, inspire you, and help you create more impact as a dietitian.
1: Welcome to another Dietitian Connection Bite Size Chats. My name is Marie Ferguson and I'm the Director of Dietitian Connection and it's such a pleasure and honour today to have Emma Sterling and Karen Inge joining me. Um, both of them I'm huge fans of and it's lovely to have them both in the same Zoom chat today. Wishing we were at a coffee shop in Melbourne, but um, <laughs> probably safer to be on our Zoom today. So thanks so much for joining us, ladies.
2: Oh, thank you, Marie, for having us and um, it's uh, looking forward to having a bit of a, a chat. Absolutely.
3: A bit of isolation chat is still
1: still a great chat. Great, It'll be great to catch up and hear what you've both been up to. So how has COVID-19 treated both of you? Um, I know, Karen, you've got sort of elderly parents and the grandkids, and Emma, you've got homeschooling, I'm sure, with school-aged children. Um, Karen, perhaps we'll start with you and how this time's been for you. Well,
2: I mean initially I think I had my first panic attack ever in my life. I wow. I, I woke up um, when we were first in isolation in the middle of the night and I, I had all the signs of a sweating and agitation and everything. I, I thought everybody around me was going to die. I was very worried about my parents. I was, um, they're well and everything but they're in their 90s. I then was worried about my daughter who's pregnant and and I thought my husband isn't getting any younger, so I suddenly became my God, what's going to happen to the family? Are we all going to be safe? And when I pulled myself together, which took about half an hour, I suppose, I, I sort of thought, well, this is a challenge that we just have to get through. And and I, I think my first reaction was really about the safety and well, well-being of my family. And then it extended to my friends. And um and then I suddenly thought, what's going to happen to the business so <laughs> um, I uh, you know it, it really initially was a bit of a shock that this I felt the whole situation was surreal um, but then when I sort of pulled myself together and thought no we've got to really get some benefit out of this whole experience uh, I started to calm down and and turn it around in my own head and um, began to look for the positives in this situation and mm-hmm. um you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I've never spent so much time with my husband. I mean, we've been married for forty-one years, and uh, you know that in itself was an incredible adjustment. We've never ever in our whole lives spent that this much time together, and um, I even in the kitchen. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure that Emma's got a lot of stories too, and I can fill you in on what happened after the panic um, attack. But um, you know, there is a, there, there are sort of benefits, in, I think what's happened. Um, yeah. in terms of allowing you to pause. Yeah, I think for all of us there's been sort of those
1: ch- challenges but also the opportunities and silver linings and we'll, we'll get into the, what those are for you. Um,
3: what about yourself, Emma? How's, how was the effect on yeah. in the initial days? Absolutely very similar um, to Karen. Um, I've actually changed jobs though in the lockdown, so we can talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But um, and I still I have really good days and I have a lot to be grateful for and, you know, the caregivers and all of us, once I sorted out my elderly parents with... Dynamic meals from Karen's company, and I'd organised a new desk for the husband to lock him away in the front bedroom. And then the kids homeschool. And you know, once life was sorted and we got into a, the new normal and the new routine, mm-hmm. I've actually, you know, there's been some real positives. And I think as a, I suffer from rushing women's syndrome, which I know both of you do, do too, <laughs> you know, as well. Um, I've been doing the free Downward Dog app every morning on the back deck, and I've been, Trying to get away from my screen a bit, so I've been doing walking meetings or listening to podcasts while I'm out walking. So, actually, I feel quite well. You know, <laughs> the well-being has been really lovely, and the the sense of having the family all together and being the mother hen, I've really um, enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But I still have those moments—not quite panic attacks, Karen. I've got over that, but just those days where I think, "Am I living in a dream? Mm-hmm. Like, is this some futuristic horror come?" You know, weird sci-fi genre that I'm living in, and I wake up and I think, is this really mm-hmm. our news? And is and what does it mean for our world and and for my children or for the next generation? So that I've been sort of thinking quite deeply about some of this um, and our profession and our businesses and um, you know, watching companies pivot really well. It's, you know, there's a lot that is good as entrepreneurs, as we all know in this space, but there's also a lot that concerns me, um, just for the world as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Selfishly, I wanted to find out. We'll come back to COVID, but selfishly, I wanted to find out how you both knew each other from the beginning. Because obviously, you guys have known each other for quite some time. I'm sure there's a story there.
2: <laughs> well, I, go, ahead, Karen. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I have. I have knew of Emma um, before we actually really um, got to know each other, and um, I'd always admired her work, and and she's been. You know, I, I knew of her, her particularly with her work in Sydney. And I um, we hadn't really had a lot of contact uh, before Emma made the big trek back to Melbourne. And um, when Emma was moving, you can talk more about that, Emma, but when you moved down to Melbourne, I think it was, what, in the first week or something that you'd arrived that... Um, I called you, <laughs> and um, I, and I think our our sort of relationship started from there. But absolutely, you could correct me if I'm wrong. But I just um, I, I wanted to know if Emma what she was going to do in Melbourne and if she had any spare time. I would love to work with her, uh, and I think that was really can't remember which year, but I think you were pre- you it was early nineties, yeah, Last early nineties, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and then we worked very closely together for a, a, a 10 years or more. Mm. And, um, and then we've slightly gone our own different ways, with Emma becoming an academic, of course, but <laughs> still uh, we share many passions. Mm. Together. We have many passions in common, and, and obviously the, the big one is culinary and nutrition. And we've sort of gone separate ways. Emma, Emma is academia and consultancy, and I've gone more to the practical aspect of um (laughs) calorie nutrition from a food service point of view and from a food company point of view Mm.
1: so maybe emma you could tell us a little bit about your new role which i know you're very excited with and we're very excited with what you're going to be able to do um in your new role and then karen will come back and chat about you know your business in the food space but perhaps through that we can also chat about you know as you were saying emma what does all this mean for the profession? The COVID, and how do we need to adapt and change?
2: Um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah, tell us what it was like starting a new job in amongst <laughs> lockdown.
3: Well, I do have to correct Karen um, first of all to say that we actually first um, met um, in, in you know in reality way way back um, when I was a dietetic student. So I correct her. That was in the, that's what I said in the nineties because she was the incredible dynamic. Entrepreneurial, you know, sports dietitian that came to speak to us um, at Deakin when we were students, and so it was um, ever since then that I sort of um, always had Karen on my radar, and she gave me that first feeling of, um, and I suppose, inspiration to be quite entrepreneurial in approaching our, our profession. So then it was, yeah, in the early 2000s that I moved, I, I was away um, working overseas and moved back to Melbourne and we we just, I knew straight away, I think she thought she called me, but she was on my list to call <laughs> yeah. um, anyway. And we had this incredible working relationship, you know, working every week together for over 10 years. We always did our own projects as well, um, and we still do. We I'm always trying to cook up new ideas. Karen, here's a project you want to get involved. Whether we're doing something at a conference or, and we're always always eating, we're always meeting for dinner and discussing. So um, Karen's been a huge inspiration and a guidance and a mentor to me in my
2: career. Oh, my God. new, you are you have. Well, yeah. you go on. I wanted to say that you've done that for me. <laughs> you are you know you've been incredible just with everything that you've taught me. Um, and you know that's that's a really important factor I mean, I'm older than you, but you've taught me i think more than I've taught you and um mm. it, you inspire me as well so we have we've actually become very good friends, Marie, friends. like yeah. you have become really good friends with us as well, yeah. so Emma to me is very close and it's much more than a working relationship it's a it's a true friendship that will last a lifetime yeah. So in, in a nutshell, back to my new
3: role, is I've joined um, um, Australian Catholic University, ACU at, here at the Melbourne campus, although we um, have a national um, uh, program in nutrition and we've ju- we will be launching um, dietetics in 2022 um, but my role is to come on and build the first culinary nutrition course for Australia so those of us that have been tracking trends in the US and particularly with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics we know they've got a very very strong um, field in, um, in a whole practice group in food and culinary professionals and have been training actually courses in the US for over 10 years where they are training um, dietitians to be very strong in culinary nutrition or even um, training chefs and dietitians at the same time. So I'm so excited. We're going to have um, a bachelor's degree in nutrition, which is an existing course but have a major in culinary nutrition. And we're also going to have a suite um, of postgraduate offerings. Um, From 2022, there'll be a postgraduate certificate available for dietitians to come back. It's going to be in block mode and online and part time, so you can fit it into your busy careers. Um, and those who want to upskill and get a new qualification can come back and do a postgraduate certificate in culinary nutrition. So incredibly mm. exciting!
1: Super exciting! Um, mm. I know there's going to be lots of dietitians that want to do your graduate program, and a lot of young budding people who want to be dietitians, that it'll be a great pathway for them to do that as well. And, you know, we all know how important it is to mix that culinary space with dietetics. Karen, so you, I know you're both passionate about culinary nutrition. So you've done a lot of things over the years in, in the culinary space too, and particularly with dynamic most recently, um, but Flinders and Georgie Bass, do you want to share a little
2: bit about what you're doing? Well, it's interesting, Marie, because um, both businesses have really uh, sort of been affected diff- very differently by um, COVID-19. In fact, um, Dynamic has it's been a mixed blessing in a lot of ways. Our online business, uh, which has really uh, inc- increased enormously, there's been a huge demand for um, meal, pre-prepared meals delivered to your door, especially this during this time and um, we've done a lot, we're doing a lot of work with NDIS, so with the disabilities, which has Mm. really been, um, uh, you know, we realise that it's really been worthwhile work um, during this time that we've been able to help. Uh, uh, this group of people, which has been fantastic, so that's been great on that side of dynamic for us. But on the other side of dynamic, where we feed all the athletes and we uh, feed all the footballers of the sport, well, that's, that all went to zero, and um, all our events uh, that we had, you know, organised for the for the next year went to zero. Uh, so it's it's sort of been mixed blessing, but we were very fortunate that we decided to bite the bullet and do a rebranding over summer and um, our, we did our first television advertising. So our brand equity had actually increased and so that really helped our online business. So we're still alive, but we've had to pivot. We've had to move our administration staff to another away from the kitchen We've had to have three uh, Ross We've cooked for twenty-four hours a day. We've had to have three um, chef rosters with time in between, so that we're not mixing up our teams in case one team goes down. We have gymnastic cleaning. It's been um, an expensive exercise to do all of that as well. Uh, but um, touch we haven't had any outbreaks or any any problems in, in that regard. Uh, and with the uh, Flynn down at Flinders Hotel. <laughs> Well, we've had to pivot, as they say, because everything—really, in accommodation, hotel, Georgie Bass cooking classes, everything had to stop. But because we're a community, uh, we really were a meeting—a meeting place in the local community. I mean, pubs are always the sort of where the community congregates. Mm. We decided to keep open. We stayed open, but in a way that we became um, a community hub. We became a providor. We sold. Or gave away virtually toilet paper sanitizers everything that we had in our accommodation we set up and just um serviced the community and uh, we it, i have my little garden uh, down at the at the farm and of course we've been growing enormous amounts of fruits and vegetables for the pub but <laughs> we have no pub, so no cooking classes nothing so we ended up you know boxing all those up and we have so many pumpkins that we you know just it away but but people would come and and, and be we sort of kept open um, and we were the only cafe open as well, just to keep the town operating and also keeping, more importantly, keeping our staff employed. Mm -hmm. So without JobKeeper, it would have been very, very difficult, but we we are the largest employer of local people and we knew that they have their families, they have their commitments. So we wanted to keep the chefs cooking. We wanted to keep um, our front of house working. So we ended up doing a home delivery service uh, within a certain radius so that we could deliver pub classics, much against my advice. I didn't want the palmers to survive, but they, <laughs> they survived. And we ended up um, using our staff to uh, deliver food. Uh, and we we know the, the community, so we knew who was the elderly and the vulnerable ones as well. So we ended up doing a lot of good work in the community, which we think you know will help our relationship with the locals moving forward. But uh, it certainly has been challenging, and we've, now we're allowed to have 20 people. We're going to have 50 people on uh, Monday, but that was cancelled because we've had this outbreak. So, it, it's the uncertainty has been very difficult. But we have been just, you know, it is what it is, as they say, and um, we've 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 done our best really to, um, to, you know, to to sort of do what we can to keep our staff, um, our main staff employed, look after them as well. Mm. I've promised the DC team
1: a a little getaway down there when we get out of all of this, so they've got something to look oh. forward to.
2: <laughs> oh, we'll look after we'll look after you. But it's amazing how many people have, now that our accommodation is open, um, people are flocking down to, to Flinders, and we think that you know, since we probably Victorians won't be welcome in any other states, um, maybe that would be sort of good, you know, good for for our business because we're normally we have normally have nobody down at, at our the beach and everything at this time of year mm-hmm. so I think from that time it'll be good mm-hmm. but the cooking classes and everything that I do personally has is on hold till at least October mm-hmm. so there have been a lot
1: of challenges but there have also been some opportunities and silver linings what have been the silver linings for you Emma or what do you think we need to take away as a profession as well in terms of how we move forward in the coming d- decade or so
3: Yeah, look, I think um, out of crisis there always comes, you know, opportunity. And um, to me, I know that this is, you know, not the original saying, but it is the kindness pandemic in many ways. You know, looking at all the. Um, businesses that have pivoted but out of kindness you know that like Karen obviously taking the (laughs) taller roles from the the hotel and giving them to I mean I think that that's that's just a sign and a lot of random acts of of kindness of people even if it's just cooking you know for a a neighbor or or checking in on a neighbor so that that idea of that sense of community it feels like we've slowed down a little and Mm -hmm found a bit more time for kindness and a a sense of community Um, particularly for me it's about finding slow food again and the the cooking phenomenon has been incredible and I know uh, Marie we spoke about that that in the um, the recent um, podcast we did on pantry stable the idea of just you know the lockdown lasagna and the banana bread bonanza and all these people having time to cook has been incredible Mm -hmm. Um, and Karen mentioned you know the NDIS I think it's as dietitians, you know, we hear about food insecurity and we um, there's obviously some of us in the profession that are doing incredible work at the, you know, the front line. But it really is, you know, the front line as well. You know, um, people are having to be a- able to access people with a disability or the elderly actually being able mm-hmm. to access food. It's there's a, In a crisis, there's a whole lot of more vulnerable people than we um, even imagine and we actually have a NDIS participant in my family and mm. the idea of priority shopping um, being able to access food we you know even um, on a parents group that I'm involved with you know there was a child with food neophobia and he would only eat like four packaged foods there was only four mm. foods and he and she couldn't get three of them like mm-hmm. because of the supermarket I mean you just don't realize mm-hmm. and I think that opportunity for dieticians to actually do more hands-on in in that space and realise that there are a lot of people that just need a lot of help just to be able to feed themselves as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's really a time for dietitians to shine during this time as well because of going back to basics and food security and, and things like that. What about you, Karen? Do you see any silver linings for yourself or us as a
2: profession? Well, look, I, I agree with, with Emma. I mean, this has been the, the opportunity really has been to pause and to really um look at your career, reevaluate where you, what's important to you and where you want to go. And I think personally myself, I've actually done a lot of thinking and I've decided to really narrow um my focus in my work and um just really concentrate on the things that I really feel I want to do, but I feel will contribute um, more probably. So, you know, like being an ambassador for Food for Fair Share, which is a food rescue organisation, it has been really interesting in this time because what they've been able to do is uh, Woolworths have been able to relocate their chefs to Fair Share to do the cooking and they've been able to significantly increase the amount of meals that they can um, distribute to charities, etc., mm. and the demand has been enormous. Mm. So, you know, there's roles for dietitians to work within these organisations as well. And also I think with all the, I think we've always wanted people to get back to cooking, get back to basics, and I think that's been the positive that's come out of this. People are more interested in cooking food and healthy food as well, which I think is good. So I think the dietitians, I know many of, many of you, many of the dietitians have really... Um, been stood down. They've lost jobs. Uh, it's been very challenging, particularly in the sports nutrition area. And But as I've said to many of you, um, it's hanging there, do some planning, um, take it as a sabbatical. That's what I've said to people, just learn everything you can do your own, do all the you know, dietitian connections had so much <laughs> you can't keep up with everything that Marie and dietitian Connection are offering. But there's so much information out there, and I hope I know that a lot of you've been doing that. But I think it's a, it's it's a sabbatical. It's time to pause and um and and just plan for that. This won't last forever, and the issue is it's it's a good opportunity to plan the next ten years of your career and where you where you want to be and where, what you want to do. That's about all I can think of. I mean, there's other things too, but that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so would, would it be fair to say you've both slowed down?
1: Have you actually slowed down or not? No, Emma's saying no.
3: <laughs> no, not because I'm starting, I'm week four into my new job. So obviously I, I'm, I'm working from home in a new job. So trying to, you know, I mean, my daughter's, it looks all very professional, but I'm in my daughter's room because the Wi-Fi is good today. I've had to take her Him- Himalayan salt lamp off the bookshelf and stick the cookbook. Do you know what I mean? Like, Start trying to meet new um, work colleagues and yeah. get organised and learn new systems from home has been quite challenging. So, no, I don't feel um, less busy, but I have more time, which is is a funny way of saying it. I, I've I've adjusted. You know, if my eyes are tired at the end of the day from way too many Zoom meetings, I've adjusted. I'm listening to audio books at night or podcasts or cooking differently and and being able to. Um, fit more things in for me i i I find that i'm busy but i still be able to fit fit more in for me which Mm. is an interesting uh an interesting phenomenon i hope to keep some of those personal goals um moving forward as well Mm. and i mean to build on what karen said about tips for other dietitians i have had some dietitians in the consulting space reach out to me for advice and you know it's such a a perfect time to do content development and to be a self publisher, and you know, some of fixing up their websites or you know, doing a social media plan for the next twelve months or um, recipe development and looking at um, particularly with telehealth now and online and pivoting some of their consulting and, and um, business model to actually work online, like who all the things that we've been able to do online that we just would never have even thought that we could do. If if my father, who's turning eighty this year, can <laughs> zoom with his men's shed committee and hold an AGM over zoom or my mum can do her recorder lessons Mm. by zoom with her recorder teach I mean you know it's kind of endless we need to think differently about really doing our core business in a different way
1: Mm. what about yourself
2: Karen are you working less would you say or I'm much less busy I mean I I haven't had a diary that's been so (laughs) empty uh (laughs) I can't even remember. I don't think. I <laughs> And then I think, but my social life has completely changed. I normally I was looking back at my diary last year, and I love the ballet and the theatre and all the things that I do for my enjoyment. Um, you know, everything's now online, but I, I, you know, I miss I miss all my social outings and my conferences and international travel and all of that. So I am much less busy because I didn't realise how much of the those extra curricular activities <laughs> were taking up out of my life. I mean, I, you know, and then you've got to worry about having, you know, what to bear and what to do. But you know, even media stuff. I mean, I'm still doing radio, but it's, um, I'm I'm definitely less busy, but I'm more efficient, and yeah. I think that, um, it, you know, that that's really good. I don't mind being. I think I will stay less busy, and I'm going to be very picky about what I say yes to now. I've learned that lesson uh, because there's so many other things that I. I really enjoy, mm. which I've, I really didn't know I would enjoy. But, um, yeah, I, I, I found that. I love mm. reading. I love, you know, a little bit of gardening. And it's just the things I've never had time to do mm. that I'll probably spend more time doing. So I'll be selective in the work I, I do now, but um, I certainly don't want to retire. That I've decided. No <laughs> retirement for me yet. No, <laughs> and I thought that was on you. the cards, but I've decided I don't want to retire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we do have to um, drag you back, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, she'll never,
3: she'll never retire. No, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think it is the the reset button that we've all had. Mm. Yeah, just to reevaluate yeah. things, which is really a good thing. I think amazing.
3: Um, but also, I think uh, I was reading something about you know, it, it, I think we have to acknowledge that for some people it's been incredibly tough, as Karen said, yep. um, and for many families and for many of our colleagues. And I think it's okay that if you've just been just coping you know uh, there was this funny meme about well uh, sorry if i haven't launched a podcast or Mm -hmm. launched a new book or written a manuscript i mean i'm just trying to get through day to day and that that's that's okay too because for some families and 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 businesses it's it's been so challenging and we're still not out of it yet um so it's really about looking after yourself and looking after those around you and um treating yourself kindly as well because it's it's not been easy at all and that, that's sort of that mental strain even of just the news on top of everything else mm-hmm. um it is really hard and and particularly i know in the early weeks with my kids even being teenagers you know it, it, i it's sort of like should they really have to be i i feel quite blessed in all my life to not have war or hunger or you know obviously we, le- we live through recessions but you know the whole I've had a very blessed life but this feels quite a different world for them will they be able to stick a backpack on and oh, go overseas like we yeah. did so, yeah. yeah so I think too it's just about um just being kind to yourself and those around you and if you're just surviving that's okay too that's just what it's about yeah
2: mm. yeah I agree yeah um, go ahead Karen I totally agree. I I think that there's going to oh sorry I totally agree. I think there's going to be a post at this time. um, You know, has changed the way we live. So it's um, it will be definitely post COVID, and I think that's the way we'll basically be living. We're living through a unique experience, and and, um, you know I think people will say. They live through it and what what happens afterwards. We will live differently. We will work differently. But I think we have to focus on the positives just to get us all through. Mm. And there are lots of
1: positives. um, And that's what we've been trying to do as a DC team, just to think about what we're grateful for and, you know, what are the positives that we can focus on and keep us moving forward. Um, We've talked about culinary nutrition, but I also wanted to touch on media because I know that both of you have been. you know, spend a lot of time in the media as well. And I think to me, this is a place that I would really love to see dietitians more. Like I feel like I I could count on my hand the number of dietitians, particularly in Australia, on TV as an example. And I just think along with the culinary nutrition space, we need to be out there a little bit more in the media. And I know, Karen, you you know, you still have your, how many years have you been doing your radio segment with
2: um, 3AW? Oh well, it's now moved to media. I, I, it's it's probably coming up to seventeen years. Yeah, yeah. seventeen years. But media is changing. It's completely changing. Yeah. I think um, you know the the, the opportunities within uh, mainstream media. It's really I think the, the the opportunities are diminishing. There's much less opportunity to get involved. I think the way um, media it's. It's just changing. I don't, Emma probably has more thoughts on, on that. But I think it's um, it's definitely, I don't know if it's a growth area, certainly in the mainstream media, because I think mainstream media is turning to social media, the way you want to communicate to the majority of people. I think it's really, <laughs> really changing.
1: And that's your domain, um, Emma. You were one of the first, I think, in Australia to jump on the social media um <laughs> Man wagon way back when, um, way particularly back with when, scoop yeah. nutrition, you were ahead of the curve and um,
3: yeah, the blogging no, look,
1: space. So yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I think the, the the Melbourne weather's changing as much oh, as uh, media at the moment because my <laughs> light keeps coming going. Sorry <laughs> about that. But yeah, look, um, I agree with Karen. I think mainstream media is tough. It's and it's incredibly tough um, for journalists and um, maybe. 15 years ago, Karen and I would have said to a dietitian, hey, go and study journalism as well if you wanted, you know, to really crack into a career. And there have been, um, uh, Nabila Khan is a dietitian, a Melbourne dietitian who works, you know, in the media overseas. So that there are there are those examples where they've gone back and done a whole degree in journalism. Mm. But it's such a fickle um, industry with the just digital disruption we've had with, with social media. Um, I would certainly say that the skills are the same. So... Um, we really need every dietitian, whether um, you 're working in a remote community health center or you 're a hospital clinical dietitian or you have your own consulting you know business. We all need to be media savvy um, and the idea of being um, self publishers and content generators i mean when we don 't have the diet sheets anymore we have the infographic you yeah. know on instagram so it's mm-hmm. we' just have to change the way that we we still do our excellent job of um, spreading our information and educating people. But the beauty of being a self-publisher on social media is you can do it once to your clients, but you can also share it to a much um, bigger audience. So, we, we, you know, you're doing a wonderful job with Dietitian Connection and highlighting the superstars and there's so much um, more we can do. And I think upskilling in, in, in basic sort of content generation, better lighting than I've got today, those kind of things are really good. Yeah,
1: and you you talked about self-publishing. How important do you? I know you've both written books. How important do you think publishing, like and, and book writing, is? I know you've just sort of done your academic one more recently, Emma. What do you yeah, think I is mean, the place of book, writing books?
3: Yeah, I can go first. I mean, Karen's far more published than I, and I know. I mean, it's so funny in my new position. Um, at ACU we're in the same school as Exercise Science and even during my interview, um, Karen was kind enough to be one of the referees for me (laughs) and we were talking at the end of my interview about referees and and I said, oh, Karen Inch." and someone on my panel said, oh, my God, I've got her sports nutrition book on my office shelf. You know, so the legacy still, people still read books, you know, books are still very powerful. For me, writing the academic textbook was incredibly rewarding because when I'm standing lecturing or in the commercial kitchen teaching my culinary nutrition science and my food science um, it's watching the students have that you know academic resource and then watching it come to life in the practical sense and that experiential learning so I would like to do more in that space in my academic role in publishing but there's absolutely a role for publishing, particularly, you know, cookbooks. People still want a, a solid, we all mm. cook from the internet recipes, but we want that cookbook to flip through and, mm. and get inspiration as well. Yeah. And they. I think they say
1: you don't actually make money out of books, but do you feel like it made an impact on, on your career,
2: Karen, the, in the early days? Oh, well, yes. Um, you know, I'm talking about the early 80s um, and mid-80s and, The only reason why I started to write books was really because I just there wasn't that information available to the public on on sports nutrition, and um, so it was really just because there was a need for it. We were using American books, etc. So I thought it would be good to write an Australian book. And but interestingly, in those days, if you wrote a book, you were automatically considered an expert. It didn't matter what your qualifications were. So there were a lot of books. Out there that were written by about nutrition that were not written by people who had any qualifications. So I suppose, um, by that made me sort of more of an expert, I suppose, than the than the others. So it was important. Um, Emma and I really wrote one together. Her name isn't on the book, but it should be. And um, it's Let's Eat Right for Kids, which. Um, was a, a great book and, and became, let's say, write for families. And, and um, Emma and I worked on that. It um, was really quite a, a quick thing to do, but that was a terrific uh, project. And I, I, you get a lot of satisfaction from writing books, and I'm, I'm absolutely so thrilled to see so many dietitians writing books. And the big change that I've seen is that, that all of the books that people are writing today have wonderful photography, have fabulous recipes, really cover not only the theory in a very interesting way, but the practical aspects. And um, in the olden days, you know, every you couldn't get the, that sort of photography. It was so expensive. You had to have it sponsored by a food company or whatever. But i, I just, every time I see, you know, one a dietitian has published a book, I'm so proud because it is a big effort. It's a big commitment. And it's so important that we that we are in that space on the shelves, um, even though they're not so profitable to write, unless you sell millions but um, I, but I think it's really I would encourage politicians to still keep going with writing books because we need to be there just for balance for other people that are writing too. We want to have the people who know what they're talking about have the credentials to get out there and write books, and people are still looking for them i mean still it, I know it's not everybody is finding everything that they want um, online and um, and people sometimes still like to have that book on the shelf as Emma said with the a et cetera. So I think it's great. And I think if you want to write a book and have a bit of fun, do it, but don't expect to make any money out of it. That's my advice.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's what I've heard. <laughs> um, I know that you're both very, you talked about this, Karen, very social and um, great at networking. So how how are you managing in terms of, you said your social life is cut, Karen, but are you managing to connect with people during
2: this time? How are you doing that? Well, I'm doing the Zoom parties and all of that kind of thing to catch up with people. But um, I I think you're aware that I do a bit of charity work and I, I'm chair of a foundation for a medical research institute. and I, So I have a board that I need to Make sure that they're still engaged so i I'm, I'm talking i'm ringing people, so with um, the people that i've uh, that i I've, I've sort of tried the volunteers that I work with um, i've personally contacted them and just a phone call well, i've had time, but I've found they have time too, just to really see how they're going and um, you know just have a bit of a chat because I think it's when you are part of a team and you've built a culture of an organization. You really don't want to lose that contact for this length of time. So, um, you know, I found that, yeah, I, I perhaps I'm calling people more, which normally I wouldn't do because I don't want to, I don't want to disturb them. But I felt that if they can't talk, they can't talk, and that's fine. So that's that's how I kept in contact with my friends. that has been through these Zoom party things where you, you know. <laughs> various times with all the contacts, which has been quite lovely and I've enjoyed that But when we've been in strict ISO. But otherwise it's been phone calls, texts, things like that. I've tried to maintain contact with as many people as I can. Mm. But um, I would go crazy if I didn't do that myself. But <laughs> it's also about keeping, them, keeping, keeping the contact going. Yeah. What
1: about you, Emma, and starting a new job? How do you, how do, you do that?
3: Oh, look, very similar. I mean, the new job is fine because it's all meetings, and you can have Zoom after Zoom after Zoom after Zoom. Um, socially, similar to Karen, um, we had um, uh, when we were allowed to, you know, lots of walks with girlfriends, which is you know adding to the fitness, which is great. So a walk and a talk. Um, I did a, I was able to think creatively, in a group of um, us food. Um, lovers in particularly in Melbourne but a few interstate we we had a, a couple of Netflix parties where we um, I hosted a Netflix party and we got together for about a month um, every Friday night in a row and watched some of the episodes um, of Chef's Table on Netflix and then we had a challenge to cook um, a recipe out of that episode for the week and share it on um, um, social media so that's, if you scroll down my Instagram you can see some posts of people cooking so that was a whole different way of thinking about using technology and we loved it all you can do is chat to each other down the side you can't see each other but you then the, it's the anticipation the week after of watching what what everyone's cooking and then getting together so yeah i i think again technology um has set us free but i'm just dying to give karen a hug and have a glass of wine and you know get out to a restaurant too
1: so the- one last question, then. What would be sort of the one thing that you'd like to take away from this COVID experience into post COVID?
3: We're not often lost. No, words, speechless. Sorry. i made you speechless. <laughs>
1: it's amazing. I mean, I'll
3: jump in. For me, it is, um, I, I'm still busy because I've learned that that's really, you know, the lessons that we learn in the lockdown. I've learned about myself that. I'd be busy no matter what. I'm that kind of. I'm up in the. I'm up early. I'm doing, but I've really personally, I want to keep the um, finding those times for those those lost passions. The reading, as Karen said, the little bit of gardening, always the cooking. Um, so finding those that balance in the rushing women's syndrome will be part of my personal goal. But I really hope as a nation and as around the globe, we continue the kindness and continue the cooking. The cooking's been phenomenal. Um, I'm dying to see all the trend tracking and the Mm -hmm. research coming out post-COVID on um, food trends and tracking and and what we actually have cooked and and how it's changed um, cooking habits, Mm -hmm. particularly the shared sort of family meal. Yeah,
2: that's definitely. What about yourself, Karen? Well, look, I think I've more or less said... Most of the things, but I, um, I just think that we talk about balance in our lives, um, and I think many of us, as Emma's just described, really think we have balance, but maybe we don't because we rush around and do all these things. Um, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's 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 a time where, I think I will take efficiency moving forward. Um, I will a lot of the. Trips into state to attend meetings and these sorts of things I know are now are unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So I think we can we can we spend a lot of time on the road, a lot of time going driving here, driving there, battling traffic, doing all of that when really we could just talk online. So that's really been a bit of an eye. I need to improve my skills, but in that area, but I'm getting there. But I think that will be it, it's just time. I, you know, I think what I've learned is the how precious time is and what you can do with it. I seem to have more time and I, I think I, I've really used that pretty well and it comes back to relationships and and um, being, you know, caring about reevaluating, as you've said, and deciding what's really important for you in your life. I'm at a very different stage of my life compared to a lot of dietitians because I'm older. I'm, at, I'm towards the end of my career when I know a lot of you who are listening or at the beginning of your career or you're just into your career and um, I just want to say to you that, um, you know, take just respect the ti- your time, respect the time you have. Don't waste it. Just be, you know, do what you want to do um, and you'll do brilliantly because you will be, you've got such opportunities and the time is so right for you. And, um, you know, if I was starting again, <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably I don't regret anything, but I think what uh, there's I've wasted time, and I, I hope that time's very precious to all of us. We can be here one day, gone the next. This virus can affect the way we are, the way we live. It can affect our lives. So just use your time efficiently and value it. Value your time because that's really nobody. It's nobody can well, they can take it away from you, but don't let them. You value your own time. I think that's a great way to end our chat ladies very Perfect. inspiring
1: um yeah. i wish you all the best emma as you embark on setting up the culinary yeah. nutrition course at um acu Thank just you i both. know we're all excited to see where that leads and um karen looking forward to seeing with your new perspective on life where you're going to focus <laughs> your time <laughs> just
2: re- Just remind me of it later (laughs) on, Marie and Emma. It's all recorded, recorded. Karen. Exactly.
1: It's It's all recorded. (laughs) Because I have a feeling you're going to fill it all back up again, but let's see. We'll see. (laughs) Thanks, ladies. I really appreciate your time and joining us today. Thanks, Marie. Thanks for for the opportunity.
2: Thank you
0: for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. Wherever in the world you're tuning in from, If you did enjoy this podcast episode, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review for us. Leaving a review actually means the podcast gets to more dietitians, and it can only elevate our profession if we work together. So please hit that review button, tell us and other people what you thought about this episode. Another way to share your learnings from this episode and keep the conversation going is to take a screenshot of your phone screen, add your message and share it on social media. Don't forget to tag us at Dietitian Connection so we can share it with our following of over 30,000. Tell us what you learned and what future topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to access the show notes, they are available at dietitianconnection.com forward slash podcasts. Dietitian Connection is a global community and we offer free professional development, job opportunities, resources and connections. We're committed to bringing dietitians together so we can create more impact and elevate our profession. And you can easily become a Dietitian Connection member for free by signing up at dietitianconnection.com.